The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Podcast Network. I'm sorry. We have failed to hear the multiverse of fabulousness as we failed to meet our contractual obligation to appear last month. But still, John C. was I and my partner in crime, Keithy Langston. Keithy, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. I know that we got the phone call from Lord Alfred Hayes and he said, Oh, I want you all to know that you have been suspended indefinitely plus one year. So uh, I guess I guess we're all right now. So so Al, I see Tunny called me and he was like, "May I have the phone, please?" Thank you, Howard. <laughs> you know there were contractual arrangements that were met, but yes, it's <laughs> it's your your Jack Tunney is so good. <laughs> May I have the phone, please? <laughs> the, the winner of this event. Okay, so it's uh, Multiverse of Fabulous episode 22. If you don't know what we do, is the show where we take a look at worlds of pop culture variants across the multiverse, which is uh, what my producer told me to say. What we really do is play a game of Marvel's What If, mm-hmm. but don't sue us, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tonight's topic, Keith, I'm going to dive right into it because we didn't show up last month. Um, and the banter will come as we discuss because I know that's what everybody's here for. But, you know, Eric Bischoff wrote a book once called Controversy is King. I think that's accurate, but here, 10, 20 years later, there's a new C word in town that's king. Content. Oh, okay. What are you thinking? I don't know what I'm thinking. Content is king. With that in mind, we're traveling to Earth TV, Mm. where somehow through the power of black magic or what have you, the WWE uh, network-ish, or, you know, WWE is, they make movies, pal. Tonight, the WWE and just professional wrestling, the business in general, makes television programs. Tonight, Keithy and myself have five different television programs that we are going to pitch you. You are the studio. We are the writers. We're not. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm on strike now, but I wasn't when I wrote these. Neither was I. Okay, good deal. So essentially, I ain't no I ain't no scab. Let's put it that way. That's right. I don't want no scabs. A scab is a guy who's probably named Brad. That didn't (laughs) rhyme. Uh, we've got five different genres of television shows to pitch you, all original ideas, but here's the caveat. They all star pro wrestling, sports entertainment-based independent contractors from throughout history. What does that My mean? Goodness. If you If you want Jake the Snake from 1987 to star in a TV show with Macho Man from TNA that one time he was there, you can do it. It doesn't matter that he's dead. I mean, it matters to me, but it doesn't matter to the story, okay? It matters, matters to, to Macho Man. <laughs> now, here's – what I'm going to do is normally we try to keep things secret. I'm just going to tease you with the five genres so you don't click away or stop listening, depending on where you're listening to this, all right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So tonight we're going to pitch you a sitcom, a police procedural, bum bum, a reality show, mm. a teen drama, 
Mm. And a prestige television program, something you'd find on like HBO or Apple Plus, where they actually spent money and didn't reuse the Save by the Bell sets. Prestige worldwide. Okay. Uh, I, fuck, I was trying. What? What? Oh, I swore. What is HBO's uh, logo or uh, the, the the noise? Their noise. Bam, bam, bam. Yes. Okay. Hey. No one in the world will talk to me about this except you. You ever watch anything on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, you know the Netflix jingle? Ba-boom, yeah. Bump. Is that or is that not Christian song? Ba-boom, bump. If you close your eyes, Every time I watch something on Netflix, I go, if you close your eyes. What it, right after the thing, and then I'm just, I move on with my life. It could be. It could be. Okay. You know, there only is a limited number of musical notes in the world, you know, in the universe. So that's what Ed Sheeran said. And I'm taking his word for it. That's right. Because <laughs> we're both pasty ass redheads. That's right. <laughs> All right. So here, so, you soulless ginger. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's OK. Here on the uh, North South Connection Pro- Project Podcast Network. Sorry, folks, it's kicking in. Uh, we, of course, worship snake style. This mm-hmm. is just my attempt to flex for everybody uh, out there. Snake but man. it's but it's but it's snake style so we'll do a snake just like they do on the drafts i'm mm-hmm. so pissed i missed the guardians of the galaxy draft by the way yeah um but anywho we're gonna flip a coin and i'm gonna go first all right and then you'll go second and then you'll go third and i'll go fourth all right so i'm starting with the sitcom and okay. uh keithy did you invent titles for your shows of course okay all right so did i now, I'm going to try not to read from my notes, but I also don't want to miss anything. So I'm going to try to, like, do that thing where people do presentations where they're like, and then you'll see that our profits will increase. <laughs> Double in the, size. You think they were going to, like, you come here in front of the board to say our profits are going to decrease. So my sitcom, Keithy, is called Profit Sharing, oh, God. spelled the traditional way. So my synopsis for this show is on the day of his 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. Bobby the Fuel, like gasoline, Fuller, uh, retires from his career as a professional basketball player. Now, this man's achieved multiple championships, and he's got a small fortune saved up. He purchases a plot of land in his old hometown where he can get away from life in the big city and just be by himself on a dream estate that he's always envisioned. He hastily closes the land deal, disappears for four months on a crazy European bender, comes back to his palatial mansion, which had just been built, and sees all these signs not letting him in. Apparently, while he was gone, the city voted to rezone the land, and it's now a manufactured housing domicile event. Flywheel. A trailer park. Now, rather than give up his dream house, he hastily recruits his old high school basketball team, buys them each a trailer, and moves them in. Mm. When they are now, when they're not trying to outwit the crusty old mayor by convincing them that they are an active, real trailer park, these boys often find themselves caught up in many harebrained schemes. Now, we didn't do the rules because I'm a fucking yeah. Like I said, it's kicking in. So here's the thing: we're gonna we're gonna pitch you the title, the synopsis. We're gonna tell you who the cast is. But we're also gonna give you the hook. For season one in hopes that you pick us up okay the season one hook when a young woman and her high school basketball star son need a place to live bobby learns that it might be worth it to share some of his profits mm. now in case you haven't guessed it bobby the fuel fuller the retired basketball player is kevin nash 
the fuel, diesel. He's kind of the straight man. He's kind of a know-it-all. He's an asshole. You know, hates people. What are you doing talking to me? Now, his high school buddies that move in, uh, first character's name is Raymond Ramon. He's the rowdy one of the group, played by Heyo. Uh, they've got a friend named Stump. Oh. Stump. He's the, t- he's the tough guy, played by Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. Okay. They also have a female friend, Buffy Buick. She's the former head cheerleader of the basketball team, played by Sonny. Hmm. And then the brains of the operation, they call him Super, because his name is Nick Tendo. <laughs> played by AJ Styles. Oh, God. Because <laughs> he's the brains. <laughs> Now, I said they often come into conflict uh, with the crusty old Dean uh, or the crusty old Dean. Well, that's the fucking trope I'm using. But the the crusty mayor, uh, the mayor's name is Mayor Crinkle Cut, and it's played by Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the single mom that moves in the trailer park is Tori Wilson. She doesn't have a name. Mm. So, you know, uh, not my I'll freely admit it's not my best work, but I like the idea of. Nash being in his house at the beginning of each episode being like, all right, time to do the thing I do. And then, hey, y'all, the door opens and it's, you know, and the crowd's <laughs> like, yeah, and he's waiting like, and then he's like, okay, come on, man. You know, it, it, I don't know. And you got Steiner. Uh, it's just, I'm sure you can envision it. It has, it has a laugh track, obviously, but that's it. I will done. Or it's fine. It's filmed in front of a live studio audience. So That's right. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts, just broad? I mean, the only thing that I the 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 title of the show made me think is when you were talking about profits. I was like, oh, mm. it'd be awesome if he was like, if it had like a twist, like a a religious twist, like he was like a like maybe his friends that move in are prophets, like reincarnated prophets. I gotcha. That would be, but that's. That's just because of the word profit. It has nothing to do with uh, it actually makes more sense once you explained it. So I'm well, on board. I'm on board to see I'm on board to see Super Nick Tendo, to be honest with you. Well, I figured AJ Styles would be great as a smart because in this group, he would be the smart one. Yeah. You know, guys, 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 guess what I found? I'm glad you left out Shawn Michaels and X-Pac. I'm, I'm very yes. happy with that. So <laughs> I can't I can't handle them, Jack. Like, yep. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, You know, I originally was going to name it after, like, the tax form that's necessary to um, claim, like, <laughs> retirement funds. <laughs> now, see, but, that's even funnier. What's, okay. the name of, what's the name of the form? 1099-something. No, I don't know. <laughs> but then I was like, but that's not an original Johnny C gag because no, I'm stealing I, that from other people. No, but I like that, though. That's funny. But, yeah, no, I like that show. I'd watch that show. Absolutely. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm on board. All right, so I'm up for my sitcom. Sitcom. Okay, <clears throat> my sitcom is called Stepping Up to the Boss, all right, or just Stepping Up, depending on which one you prefer at the uh, network. One sounds Andre, like a UPN show, the other doesn't. It it does, right? Um, Andre the Giant, a French immigrant who owns and operates a French, ba- French bakery and pastry shop, he moves to America to pursue his dream of taking his father's shop international. The name of the shop is... Boulangerie Cosale, which translates into Colossal Bakery. <laughs> um, he gets married. His wife is Karen Jarrett. 
his new wife who has three kids with her former husband. She is a school teacher who met Andre when he set up a fundraiser for all the local charities. Um, her ex-husband is Jeff Jarrett, obviously. Mm-hmm. Her stuffy ex-husband, who not only does he not like Andre messing around with his kids, but he also has celiac disease. And that's a oh. joke because Andre's a baker. <laughs> so Andre's always going, how would you like a nice fresh loaf of bread? Damn it, Andre, you know I can't eat that bread. Oh, I know you can't eat the bread. I don't like you. Now, I didn't cast wrestlers as the children in this, but I did cast famous actors and actresses through time. So um, their oldest son is Louis Jarrett, who Andre is always calling him Louis. And uh, he is a miserable college freshman because he's not sure what he wants to do with his life. But he knows what he really doesn't want to do, and that's continue going to college. And it's, it's starring uh, a young William Zabka, fresh off of Karate Kid 1. So yeah. right after his Johnny Lawrence days. Um, there's middle child is Emily Jarrett, who Andre's always calling her Emily, Emily. And she is a young teenager who's turning 16, who loves her mother, but she's still upset that her father is not in her life as much anymore. She likes boys and wants to date. But none of the boys want to come home because of the beast in the house. And it's starring Lizzie Kaplan, uh, probably of the Freaks and Geeks era. So when she's still like young enough, you know, Um, and then the youngest child is Olivia Jarrett. And Andre is always mispronouncing her name as Olive. And she is a young teen, probably around 12 or so, who's very nice to Andre and is, in fact, learning French in school so she can talk with her new stepfather. And uh, she's played by Sadie Sink, who was in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the plot of the show is that Andre, now married, and this is his step family, thus stepping up to the boss. And um, it's all the typical sitcom stuff that happens, like, you know, issues with using the bathroom. They live in a small apartment that's above the bakery. Andre is always bumping his head on the dormer (laughs) of the staircase when he goes down to work. And then he shouts out, nerd! And they don't bleep it because nobody knows what Mared means in, in, in English. And the first season hook is that Andre works with Karen and Jeff to help them understand that Louis is not happy in college. And he actually loves and is very talented as a pastry chef. And this is Andre's dream because he always wanted to have a son take over for him one day. The finale is that he offers Louis a full-time job in the shop. And it's a cliffhanger because we don't get an answer from Louis until season two. My son ain't going to be no pastry filler. I'll tell you what. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm. If you're watching this on YouTube, you've seen me trying to not disrupt my partner by having a laughing fit. But, like, I I love the – Andre the Giant is perfect for that sort of thing. And just the idea – of watching a show with a laugh track where he's like, where like people are trying to like, it's like, he'll be like, well, you know, and then the laugh track kicks in. But then, you know, everybody's like, Oh, was it? You just get a fucking stand up. It's brilliant. That's right. Like you think of like the old lady who's coming into the shop to get bread and she walks in and hello lady. And then, ah, you know, and she falls over, you know, and I looks at the camera. Yep. I don't know what I did wrong. So, you know, and then constantly mispronouncing the kids' names. And, yeah, it's a good time. No, that I'm insanely jealous. (laughs) 
which is the highest compliment I can give a human thank, being thank in you this very life. Much. I in appreciate this life. Like, I don't I know what else to say. Like, I, like, Andre the Giant's voice was made for a bad laugh track sitcom. <laughs> I don't know why you laugh at me. I'm French. Yes. Ooh, can, can he get stuck in line at the BMV one episode? Uh, of course. I, I gotta go. Things are really cooking. <laughs> I have I, I have a souffle in the oven. If I don't get out now, it would drop. Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the, it's like it's like everything's done, and he goes over to take his picture, and the camera won't reach. And yep, yep. Oh God, you got it exactly. This is exactly it. Yes. All right. And then finally, at the end of the episode, he hugs Karen. He's like, "Wow, I look like I'm on drive a lot home," and it's just his torso. <laughs> <laughs> Force. They have the most callers and always get their man. 
Clarence Mason is the is the assistant district attorney who works closely with the WCU. He is a no-nonsense player who wheels and deals with all the public defenders. And of course, IRS is the forensic accountant whose main goal is to investigate the mafia and come up with a RICO case against his main antagonist, you guessed it, Rico Constantino. The main plot each week is there a crime, there's another crime happening in the arena of the WWE show that's going on, and our fearless investigators need to solve the crime and bring the criminals to justice. And the hook for the first season is IRS working to bring down Rico Constantine using his CIs or criminal informants, JTG and Shad, otherwise known as Crime Time. <laughs> wow. Dude, you're uh, – that's – okay, like <laughs> – Yes, I want to say this. It's like it's ludicrous, <laughs> but her absolute perfect placement of those gimmick based characters. Like it works so much. It's like I could see it. it's like and their informants whip pan to like them standing in front of a brick wall. Crime yeah. time. That's right. Yeah, and great pull with the fashion police. I didn't remember them. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm so glad you used Clarence Mason because I had Clarence penciled in, but erased it because I needed uh, a woman. <laughs> and, ah. you know, because, you know, I, I, mean, I, I, now, I want to make one thing very clear. When I say that, I say it because it just makes sense in a reality-based narrative. Of course. Uh, not, you know, I'm just saying, like, it, it's silly to not do it. Um, no, I'm not saying yours is silly. I'm just saying, like, uh, and my, yeah. Uh, Wrestling-based offenses aside... <laughs> I, uh, well, because that made me laugh. I get the 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 humor. I get the humor in the situation, but I would watch it. That's the thing. Sure. Um, that's so funny. And I'm really glad you went the NYP or not, the Law and Order route mm -hmm. because I I wanted to, and then I started getting a little off the rails. And yours could be serious, but it's got the title. Yeah. So it's like. I love the idea of it being straight laced where they're like in the back of the arena taking things very seriously. Like, like call taker. We need to get the judge bump bump. And it flashes like wrestlers court. PM. Yeah. JBL is the, yeah. uh, he's the defender. Undertaker's <laughs> like, it's time to find out who the phone are tough and who the crazy brave. <laughs> yeah, I think he said that. Um, I always get the, uh, whenever a title belt would get stolen, by like another, but you know whoever's challenging the champion. Right. God damn. Doom, doom. I, they gotta call I the rest. It. They gotta call the WCU. See, yours is the right type of like, um, and you could do it so low budget. Like, why not do a web series or something like that? I would like, I would watch it. That would absolutely be a hit on like, on YouTube or yeah. on even on the network. Every time they do the, well, not every time they've only done it a few times, but like, um. During WrestleMania season, I kept saying, like, well, when are they going to release a new trailer, like mm -hmm. a new movie parody? Um, I just think people like seeing those guys do and gals do stuff like that. Sure, absolutely. And yours has completely captured the tone of what you could do. Oh, well, Boss Man's dead, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, everybody else is alive, I believe. But again, highest praise. Uh, <laughs> I was jealous of the first one, but what you captured is the perfect tone of what actually would be a great cost-effective like content-based idea there's well there's one for the fucking history books content-based mm -hmm. idea put that mm -hmm. in the wrestling-based offense jesus christ i sound like eric bischoff <laughs> you know yeah i fly playing space <laughs> i mean it's not really a thing i do it's who i am um 
All right. Well, you um, I I like acronyms. Okay. All right. Yeah. So my show is called Captain, but it's with a dot in between each letter because uh, oh. it stands for something. Okay. All right. Yeah. Synopsis is a Georgia detective Ray Trailer, played by the big boss man, has been pursuing an escaped convict known only as Nails. And he's tra- and this is like the 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 uh, the uh, goddamn first episode. What the hell is a pilot pilot, pilot episode? Yeah. He tracks him to the U.S. Canadian border at Niagara Falls. Mm. I hope there is one. Now he's out of his jurisdiction. Try to say jurisdiction without sounding drunk. No, I'm... Juris, jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. <laughs> jurisdiction, yes. All right. Uh, because Nails crosses over the border. And Ray follows suit. But now he's way out of his jurisdiction. He can't find a pharmacy that will refill his prescription for medications to quell his outbursts of rage, which is why he's been suspended numerous times. And, and one more time, trailer, and you're out of here. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's truly at the end of his rope. He finally finds Nails, but given his mental state, he's no match for Nails. Oh. Enter the scene, the elite secret police force known only as Captain. Captain! They work for us, so you don't have to. Canadian, American, police, team, assembled, inside, Niagara. (laughs) Okay. So they're like an elite super force. Yeah, an elite squad of special victims. Unit. Yes. Uh, they work off of a secret charter between both Canadian and United States government. Uh, Captain polices what's known as the line. Mm. Uh, and they manage special cases that require joint intervention. Now, uh, after rescuing a Ray Trailer from Nails, the commissioner of Captain offers Ray a job. And inspired by, you know, Ray's sort of like pursuit of justice and the way he handled himself. And even though Ray feels right away that he's going to butt heads with the police commissioner, um, you know, commissioner's kind of by the book. Ray doesn't always play by the rules. That's right. Um, He accepts, though. And the hook of season one is the team spends the entire season investigating gang related crimes perpetrated by a group known as the Posse. When they finally apprehend the Posse's leader. The leader reveals that the posse are only pawns in this large organized crime gang here at the border. The name of their true enemy is the Hot Foundation. <laughs> so let me introduce the team of Captain Detective Ray Trailer, mm-hmm. Big Boss Man. That's me doing the stick. Then I say, Inspector Jacques Rousseau, leader of the Mounted Corps, the Mountie, of course. Hmm. Um, Lieutenant Ricky Martell. Ah. It's like strike force. And, and no, you'll notice these are American and Canadian superstars, by the way. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Ricky Martell, it's like the strike voice, strike, strike voice. I've been hanging out with you too long. Strike uh, force. He's like the strike force version of Rick Martell, and he's always got a windbreaker and glasses. It's like, you know, he's sliding over cars. Um, special agents of the Highway Patrol, Lieutenant James Earl Wright, Sergeant Barty Lee, Par- Barty Lee Parker, road-based offenses. Um, the Niagara Falls, uh, dist- the Niagara Falls District Attorney is Renee Young. Ah, Canadian. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and the hard-boiled or the hard-headed parishioner, 
commissioner of the police force. Boss man, stack in line. I'm the president of captain. <laughs> it was Jack Tunney on the take. The president of captain. <laughs> now, there, of course, as we mentioned, a couple of special guest stars in season one. The posse is played by Rodney, Pete Gass, Joey Abs, and their leaders, the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. That is an actual Survivor Series team. Yes, it is, unfortunately. And special guest star only appears in the last scene of the season finale as the leader of the Hart Foundation. I'll tell you what, Keith, he's a fan of Rados. <laughs> it's Stu Hart. Damn, damn it. And of course, and of course, the Hart Foundation would be various members of the actual Hart family at different levels of uh, law breaking. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe uh, who's the one that everybody hates? Uh, Bruce, Bruce Hart. Yeah, maybe he's like a crack dealer. But and yep. and you know, uh, Anvil's a, a bodyguard. You know, and in, in to the red room or the whatever, and then in the room is of course the Bret Hart. The red room. <laughs> you know, um, what's the I, red room from? The Red Room is, uh, what's that, Black Widow? Thank you. Where it's, where it's like they trained all the Russian agents. Yes. I, I love yes. it, the Red Room. I love it. That's the that's the name for the dungeon, the Red Room. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but, yeah, that's sort of it. So it reminds me of that old cartoon, Cops. Mm-hmm. Fighting crime in a future time, Cops. <laughs> time, Cops. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I love it, yeah. That's but fun. I do think it's funny we both use Boss Man. Did you use Mount? Use Mounty, right? Yeah, I had Mounty in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, just the, the Highway Patrol. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, we both had. We all had Buddy Lee Parker. I just, I wanted, I wanted somebody that was like a hothead so that they could get yelled at a lot. That's why I went with Buddy Lee Parker. So. I thought about adding one more uh, person to the special agents of the Highway Patrol, even though they weren't a Highway Patrol gimmick, but. Lieutenant James Earl Wright, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. I'll give you a dollar if you can guess who the third one was. Lieutenant Wright, Sergeant Parker. Lieutenant Wright, Sergeant Parker. Is it like Colonel DeBeas? Colonel DeClerc. Colonel DeClerc. <laughs> but I didn't want to do another Colonel DeClerc joke because I promised I wouldn't. All right. Uh, nice. I love it. So up next is the reality show. I kept mine a little short because I wanted to go into my prestige a little bit more. So the reality show is called In Your House. Oh, God. (laughs) No. Synopsis. Cameras invade your house as families compete for a cash prize of $50,000. How do you win? (laughs) Simple. Each week, a different family is joined by a very special house guest. Some of the most outrageous WWF superstars of all time. And... and if they break you, you don't win. Meaning, if you kick them out of the house, you don't get the money. Now, uh-huh. why would you kick them out of the house? The wrestlers are not allowed to break character. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. So, oh. Uh, so if a family can last all week without getting superstar out of the house, they win. Season one guests include Kamala, <laughs> Ric Flair, <laughs> Fashion Booger, oh. <laughs> The Undertaker, Colonel Rob Parker and his friends, uh, Skinner, the Honky Tonk Man, and in the season finale, the Black Scorpion. (laughs) Now, keep in mind, it's just the Black Scorpion come to life. I'm talking about like a guy who casts a shadow as he walks. Oh, God. Good Lord. And uh, that's it. I mean, you know. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying it's good, but I am saying I can imagine each one of those people I oh, listen yeah. 
ruining your day in multiple ways every absolutely, day. Absolutely, absolutely, a thousand percent. That's funny. You know, you come home and Ric Flair's in bed. You see what you're doing? You're in Space Mountain, baby. And he's like with your spouse or significant other. And I mean, you know, or maybe he's with your daughter. I mean, I'm, it's just, I, I, I'm just thinking Flair's just walking around with his with his balls hanging out the whole time. You know? Boy, I don't understand what the problem is, Keithy. I was told that I was going to be in your house. And That's I'm in great. your house. This is what I do in my house. You knew what it was in. Well, I don't know why my Ric Flair sounds Canadian all of a sudden. <laughs> Religion is sport. It's your Rick Rick Hart. <laughs> Rick, Rick Flair's too hard. <laughs> Sixteen times I've been the man. Mm-hmm. I'm the man in this house. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. Um, all right. So my reality, my reality show. Um, I was gonna go with something like Survivor. And then I went, no, nah, I don't want to do Survivor. So I have uh, WWE softball. <laughs> oh, yeah. If he's uh, not the star, he's got to be the host. <laughs> team captain is Psycho Sid, and his team consists of Veer Mahan, Steve Mongo McMichael, Titus O'Neil, Bill Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Steve Austin, Monty Brown, and Lex Luger. That's his <laughs> starting. That's the starting nine of that team. Opposing them is team captain Randy Savage with Vader, Brock Lesnar, Big Show, The Rock, Ron Simmons, Giant Gonzalez, Bobby Lashley, and Ken Shamrock. (laughs) The premise of this show is the two teams play each other in an epic softball tournament, which is best of seven, to see who the true players in the game are. Player! And the hook of the first season... (laughs) is that there is a possibility after game three of a four-player trade, but it's all random. <laughs> wow. So you could have Kevin Nash get traded from Psycho Sid's team to Randy Savage's team, but then Kevin Nash gets traded back to Psycho Sid's team. It's all random. He just sits there the whole time with his wine. Yep. Back right up. And Bob Euchre is the play-by-play guy, and Jesse Ventura is the color man. Oh, that sounds brilliant. I love the idea of like the reality slint to it as slint to it as well because it's like uh you know, during the middle of a game you just got Vader, he's like and, like in the outfield and, and it's not like he's doing something, it's just like and Savage is watching him like like cause that's how Vader is, like <laughs> Yes. And I went with all all wrestlers who had actual athletic backgrounds. So. Uh, when I heard Monty Brown, I was like, there's got to be something here. And yeah. then I heard the next team and I was like, I think all those guys oh, had their uh, jerseys retired in uh, Tijuana State. That's right. Yes. So, yeah. So WWE softball. Catch it on ESPN 8. <laughs> ESPN 8, the Ocho. Catch it. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize I said catch it. Yes, catch it on ESPN WWF softball. Catch, catch it. it on ESPN 8, the Ocho. All right, Pet and Gale. Pet and Gale, I need you to say catch it because you're a catcher. Uh, okay. So, moving on to our teen drama. Oh, yes. This is my so-called kayfabe. All right? Uh, it stars Alexa Bliss, who is the protagonist, who is your typical teen goth kid who doesn't have many friends except for her dolls, Lily and Rocco, who talk to her when she's alone giving her advice. Lily is voiced by Sensational Sherry, and Rocco is voiced by Mankind. (laughs) Uh, John Cena, who plays her love interest, 
but he's currently mixed up in a relationship with Lita, who is cheating on him with Sting. <laughs> Sting! Alexa's best friend is Raven, who's always looking to get close to her, but that's only because he's sexually confused and maybe in love with Jeff Hardy. The plot of the show is that it's sophomore year of high school and all the kids are struggling through their emotions and algebra. And the hook of the uh, the hook is during the sophomore dance where John sees Lita making out with Sting and runs to talk to Alexa, who is who was picked, who was picked as his biology lab partner. So there's their that, you know, relationship they're building. And of course, the um, cliffhanger in this is Raven and Jeff Hardy share an awkward kiss which the principal sees, and the principal is Vince McMahon. <laughs> Coming to the CW this fall. <laughs> My so-called kayfabe. <laughs> I am so fucking jealous. <laughs> like, I think the reason why is that I, instead of, le- like, you not only leaned into, like, tropes of the genre that are the fun the most fun ones to like lean into mm-hmm. but you fit in so much of each person's personality like i totally see jeff hardy as the guy who's just like raven's like jeff i need to talk to you okay you know like 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 and i know you wouldn't do that like in reality but like jeff hardy is the kid who's like jeff I, like raven's like jeff i think i love you sure okay okay <laughs> What? Let's go do drugs, man. Yeah, like just okay. <laughs> like, but Jeff Hardy is that character. Like, if he was a teenage heartthrob, he'd be like the kid yeah. who's like, like in the corner. But he, but he, he's in the corner because he wants to be, not because he doesn't have friends. You know what the best part is? Is that instead of Raven, I almost cast Midian, <laughs> and then I was like, I can't see Midian okay. making up with Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Raven's so much better, and I love that it yeah. finally. I mean, I don't have to watch a lot of ECW, but. If that was like an actual thing, like in wrestling was like serious, like the Raven character totally makes sense. Sure. Like, and I'm not saying it doesn't, I'm not trying to be dealing stereotypes, but I, I'm very serious. Like in, it would have been very revolutionary. It would have never worked because the crowd would have booed him because it was 1990, whatever. But like, Mm -hmm. I just, I kind of love it because isn't he like a spoiled rich kid who acts like he's like in Nirvana? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole gimmick, I believe. Yeah. Right. He goes so far to be something he's afraid of admitting that he is. That's right. Um, and he shouldn't be, Raven. Thus why he tries to get close to Alexa Bliss in a kind of uh, ducky and, way from, from And Brocco. Yeah, Brocco. I mean, when you so when you said How many Lily, dolls are there in wrestling? Her, her doll's name's Lily, right? Yeah, her doll's okay. Lily. So when you said Lily, I was like, oh, that's a in my head I said, oh, that's a great poll. And then you added Rocco. And like the thing <laughs> is, is I was like, Lily was the good poll, but you took it one deeper. <laughs> like then, you had me at Lily and, and Rocco. That, and that's only because Pete made me watch so much friggin' WWF ninety-two that we had to w- sit through all the Rocco vignettes. And then whenever I was watching, we were watching one night and the fucking doll started talking. I was like, get me out of here. Where Have you are we? Have seen it before? I, yeah, in 1992. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It had been 20-something years. I got you. Man, that is good. And, and seriously, like, I, again, I said it before, and it wasn't like a gag. Like, 
the highest praise I can give someone is, is saying I'm jealous. No, of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because I like to fancy my, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't. That's kind of that's kind of the gimmick. Like I, I like to fancy. I like, I to, like fancy to fancy myself, myself a bit a of a creative a... type, but then it's like, <laughs> wow, like I see how much more better the little, how much more the little details well, add. You know what the thing is, is that I, I, I probably take, I probably ingest a lot more gummies than you do. So, uh, you oh, know. no, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, again, like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange it, but I, no. I, I, I'm in love. Like I, I'm, I'm in love. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I think it's, tremendous and i love that because vince the like this where it works on just being stupid like but also vince the character is the character who would be like mm, i'm okay with this pal you know anyway this is a catholic school right right <laughs> exactly well it's so funny um was vince in anything you'd said before no okay so how crazy is it that I'll say this about brand synergy. We both used Vince in our teen drama. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So what does that say about Vince McMahon, the character? Mm -hmm. He's a perfect. I was almost surprised he wasn't the stuffy mayor. Oh, sure. But I was like, you know who I thought you were going to say was the stuffy mayor was Eric Bischoff. Oh, I wanted to I wanted the crusty old mayor to have a voice. Like, a, yeah. like all right. You good. Know. Yeah. I wanted that to be the thing because Nash is like, ugh. Oh, Kevin, I've spoken to you about this, you know, like several times and you keep doing it one more time and you're out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, just just uh, I, I'm I'm floored, man. Like kudos. <laughs> Thank you. Kudos. Well, let's come on. Tit for tat. Let's go. It's All right. So drama. now mine is very the WB presents like it's very 1997. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wait. It's my uh, life. Well, to be over. Um, I actually envisioned the theme song as being, cause you're everywhere. Yeah. Like I don't know what year that is, but this the show is very '97, and that's the theme song. And, and you know, you that people like, like if it starred James Vanderbeek, it'd be like James Vanderbeek. Like it'd be, you know, say James Vanderbeek. Cause you're everywhere to me. It's called Greenwich Public. <laughs> Two yeah. siblings, two teenage siblings, Shane and Stephanie, are set to begin their junior year of high school as students in the Greenwich, Connecticut public school system for the first time in their lives. See, the twins previously attended a prestigious private academy. I heard he even had a wrestling tutor at the age of three. Uh, but when uh, the family finds themselves like affected by a financial crisis, you see, Shane and Stephanie's father recently passed, and the funds of the family are in chaos. So one of the easy things they can do is pull them out of, you know, Greenwich Catholic and send them to Greenwich public mm -hmm. just for a few semesters. Right. Uh, now, as if the pain and trauma of wondering if the family was going to even stay afloat wasn't enough, of course, they're mourning the loss of their father, but Shane and Stephanie are kind of outcasts, you know, amongst the new peers here at Greenwich public. You mm. see Shane, is a is a crew roller and there's no crew team at Greenwich Public. You know, Stephanie's equestrian, but they don't have stables at Greenwich Public. All right. But a lifeboat appears in the form of uh, a couple of fast friends that Shane makes that help Shane and Stephanie integrate with some of the one of the cliques in school. Uh, they're friends with Zach Ryder and Austin Theory. Oh, the, the school's resident like a uh, social media star. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, you know, he walks up. 
hey, we've got some new kids here, you know, because, you know, it's like the fucking Ghostbusters movie I had a kid named Podcast and I wanted to yeah. slip my wrist. Yeah. Uh, you know, some kid would be, but I did say it was 97, but the premise is 97. Fuck you. Um, no, that's the person who caught me in my fumble, not you. Okay. Um, Austin Theory is like the school jock and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, Stephanie McMahon, though, has her own troubles. She's struggling with her burgeoning attraction to her new English teacher. Oh. Played by special guest star Stacey Keebler. Oh. So, so like, the 97 soap opera-y stuff, you get the two highlights. You get the teacher-student, which is wrong. I'm not I'm not saying. But Miss Jacobs and Pacey is pretty legendary. Sure. And the forbidden love of 1997. 1997. Season one, one hook. The twins' mother, played by special guest star Linda McMahon, begins to date a former employee of her late husband, special guest star Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> and in the season finale, we learn that not only is the twins' father, special guest star Vince McMahon, still alive, he appears to be being held captive in a secret location by Linda herself. It's like really soap opera at the end there, like season Very, five Melrose yeah. Place or whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah, wow. and the only thing I didn't mention is because uh, we, we need more. There needs to be more just like one female high school character. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephanie would become fast friends with uh, Sasha Banks character, who's the head of the uh, wrestling team. Oh, OK. Uh, so like a very like now world. Yeah. But a very 97 level of melodrama. Right. Like right. very 97 melodrama. Mm. Um, I dig it. I like it. I like the forbidden love being like just two lesbian love. <laughs> right. Like, well, because like, it's 97. You that know? would be. Yeah. Lesbians were hot back then. Um, right. <laughs> now it's now it's like, well, now it's transgender love is the new. <laughs> well, this also kind of as I'm reading it, 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 it makes me feel like it's a cheap like a uh, Jersey Cruel Intentions 2. No. OK, so Cruel Intentions 2 is like four episodes of a TV show that Fox Green lit called Manchester Prep, which was a prequel series to Cruel Intentions that didn't get picked up. So they turned the four episodes into two hour movie. Now, oh, wow. OK, I've seen it because I went to the video store like every Friday, but you'll never guess who stars as the Sarah Michelle Geller character. Uh, isn't what? it? Is I think it's isn't it um, Mila Kunis? It is not. You're thinking American Psycho, too. Oh, okay. When she's like, because that's the bastardization sequel that she's in. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, who's in Cruel Intentions too? Uh, so Electric the Sarah Michelle Google. Geller player is character is played by Lois Lane herself, Amy Adams. Oh God, really? Before. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I made that face. You have unkind things to say about Amy Adams. Um, I guess I'm not going to, <laughs> for to save our friendship. So sure. Well, no, we talking about uh, it doesn't matter. It never mind. You know, I, it, you don't think she's good as Lois Lane? Oh, it's got nothing to do with her. The character. I just don't. I'm not that huge of a fan of her as an actress. Okay. It, give me Isla Fisher, you know, her doppelganger, and I'll take her any day of the week and twice on Saturdays. But sure. no, I just it's just Amy Adams is she kind of annoyed me when she started like. Um, I didn't like her when she was in the uh, Muppet movie and really kind of everything after that. 
Oh, I think she's uh, no, that's fine. Like I, you know, it's just uh, a pre- it's a preference thing. It's sure. a preference thing. You uh, know? But see, that's it's fine. I like the tone she hit. We're way off base, but I mean, look, yeah. it's not like I'm glad she was able to have love. I like maybe sure. it could be her lowest line could be heightened by the fact that I feel like one thing, and I know a lot of people don't, and I'm not here to sit on the Snyder cult because the Snyder cult uh, bugs the shit out of me too, even though I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> The mm-hmm. fact that the script allowed her to figure out the identity of Superman in like four days is exactly how Lois Lane should be written. Yeah, I will actually agree with you on that because it always irritated me throughout all of time that Superman was just like. Right. Who's that? Oh, this Superman. Who's that guy? You know, some of the best modern DC stories have benefited a lot from coming to the realization that Lois Lane is just as powerful as some of the heroes, but because she is the, you know, she's like the most well-known reporter in the United States. And, you know, I'm just saying like, she carries a reputation. Like it makes real world sense if that was the thing. Anyway. Right. Wow. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, So do I finish with my prestige? It's, do you want to? I don't remember the order. This well, always no, no, no. This is your time, but I know you said you spent a lot on your prestige. So if you want to close the show oh. with prestige, I'll go with mine first. All right, but I really hope it lives up to the hype. You just um, gave it. Well, you said you worked on it for a long time, so. Well, I. Okay, you. Well, I I did admit that. Well, I'm just. Do you want to go first then? Are you scared? Are you a scared? Oh, I ain't scared of shit. All right, well, let Except, me go. you know, like spiders. Yeah, and... all right. So, and I and I, and like I said, all right, so to pull back the curtain a little bit for anybody that's listening, um, when you gave me the prestige style, you said, think HBO. Yeah, and, and that could be anything. If you want to do something right. crazy like robots in Westworld, dragons right. in House of Dragons, like, well, it, and, it doesn't and that, have to be. It could be anything. No, and that's the thing is that, I mean, every every show I thought of, that's like an HBO or Showtime or whatever, it just – Everyone came back to Soprano, 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 mm. Sopranos. And I said, I feel like I'm cheating because I could probably write a Soprano style show for any universe you gave me just because it's how much I love the show and how much I was indoctrinating myself with that show. Sure. So I so I went with it. OK, so the name of the show, Minnesota Wild. All right. The name of the hockey team. It is the name of the hockey team, yes. Okay. But that's okay. The Sopranos. No, that's great. It's brilliant because because HBO would be like, isn't that so clever? Yeah. Or FX. It'd be an FX thing. It would, th- uh, you know what? This really is like it's like a Fargo. This really is more Fargo. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was Sopranos. Say, it made me think of Fargo. Yeah, it really Fargo's is more Fargo. FX. Yeah, it's more Fargo than Sopranos, but it still works. Um, starring AWA owner Vern Gagne. I'm gonna give you the cast first, okay? Oh. And then I'm gonna tell you how they break down. Is it like Dallas? Kind of. Vern Gagne, Hulk Hogan, Greg Gagne, Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan, Colonel De Beers, Rick Martel, Larry Zabisco, Nick Bockwinkle, Larry Henning, Kurt Henning, Ivan Koloff, Nikita Koloff, Crusher Khrushchev, and Jerry Lala. All right? <laughs> Much like The Sopranos, a huge cast that you don't even remember until they show up for the two episodes they do in each season. The plot is very basically the Sopranos in Minnesota. So it's a mafia mob crew in Minnesota. All right. 
Um, Vern is the boss of the whole family, and he dies in the third episode. And now there's a power struggle between the two captains, the two top captains, who are Gene Gagne, the heir, the heir apparent, and Nick Bockwinkle, who is the original gangster, if Pete Winston would tell you he's the original OG. So the breakdown of the cruiser is follow. You got Gene Gagne as the boss. You got his uh, consigliere is Hulk Hogan. You got oh, of course. Colonel DeBeers is his, bu- is his button man. <laughs> and you got Rick Martell and Larry Zabisco are the guys that run his numbers. And on Nick Nick Bockwinkle, you got his consigliere is Bobby Heenan. Uh, Jesse Ventura is his button man. And Larry is Larry Henning is teaching his son, Kurt, how to run numbers and how to run the casino above the uh, barbershop. All right. Now, Ivan Koloff is the boss of the other family who wants to move into the into the Minnesota territory with his boys, Nikita and Crusher. And Jerry Lawler is the hesh of the group. So he's like the advisor trying to keep the peace between the two hotheads, Gene and Nick. And the hook of the first season, which ends on the finale, is the encroachment of hey fella hey i got myself a uh, cigarette running scam up here in calgary hey and i'm getting uh and i get uh my buy my guy that i have from montreal there uh dino bravo comes over hey and we eat eggs and i flip the eggs and the pancakes with the same spatula that i flip the cacking shit out of and hey it's too hard in the entire heart family in the heart dungeon and we got cigarettes running all the way from calgary to nova scotia hey I'm a shooter. <laughs> I'm a don't, shooter. Make, don't make me shoot you. Don't make me shoot you, Tiger. Hey. hey. Oh, man. And I love that. Um, damn it. Oh, oh I, how could I have not used Canadian legend cigarette entrepreneur Dino Bravo in my fucking <laughs> Canadian themed top show, by the way? Uh, I'm that's, I'm so scared when you started talking and then you mentioned Stu. I was like, son of a bitch. I'm embarrassed and should hand back my multiverse card. You, <laughs> sir, have identified a massive flaw. Hey, hey, hey Tiger, hey. <laughs> we both yeah. used. I love that we both went with Canadian crime. <laughs> so, so the camera's on Stu and Brett walks in. What do you want me to get? What do you want me to do, boss? Bringing bring into Renu. <laughs> You know, and he cut the Jim Neidhart getting out of the limo, and he's got, like, brass knuckles, and he just beats the guy, gets back in the car, and drives away. I was going to say, he comes in, he goes, hey, Dad, you know, Dad, what do you want me to do, Dad? He goes, hey, get me Dino Bravo on the phone, hey. <laughs> he's like, and we we might show up for dinner and forget our manners, or whatever the fuck he says in uh, a Canadian got, stampede that's in we, uh, Wrestling with Shadows. We got to put a guy we got to send Owen out to get a me. <laughs> They're always sending Owen to do the work. <laughs> Owen disappears and Brett kicks him in the door. Where's my brother Owen? Send Bruce to do this. Send Bruce to do that. <laughs> God damn, I love that we use the Hart family as organized crime. That's genius. And Diana's like, Diana doesn't get involved, but she knows everything. And then, you know, uh, she shoots her. She shoots her husband and is like, I'm taking his seat at the table. You know what? I honestly think that um, I know we talked about rewriting uh, Suburban Commando. I sure. feel like I feel like we could write rewrite Godfather with friggin the Hart family and Stu is Vito because you do. You got Bruce's passed over. <laughs> you got Bruce's passed over. And and uh, I don't know, I guess. Well, Bruce could be sunny and you could kill him. That would be good. And then Owen takes over, and Davey, and Brett is passed over. So Brett is the Fredo character in this. 
Send Fredo to do this. Send Brett to do that. Oh, sure. You need somebody to find a five-star match in the Tokyo Dome. You send me there. That's fine. I do everything for you guys. Tell Brett to go down. Tell Brett to go to WCW and get kicked in the head by Bill Goldberg. <laughs> I've made a couple Bill Goldberg headshot jokes before, so I'll allow it. I'll, I'll allow it. So that's my uh, prestige show. Would you watch Minnesota Wild? Oh, absolutely, because I love it. Like, the last shot of the trailer would just be, like, the god Greg Gagne, like, sitting on a bench with no coat, and he should be freezing, but he's not because he's boiling inside, and it's like, Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. on FX. Yep, and he takes a big pull out of a cigar. Yeah. And he just blows it, and you see Hogan sitting next to him. Hogan with a full head of hair on my Oh, view. hair. And Hogan's just, Hogan's just standing there like this, and he just says... Bockwinkle. And he'd be the breakout character that doesn't talk a whole lot, but then you gave him one scene with lines and he wins like an Emmy. And it also makes sense that he's the Sill character because he played bass in Metallica, like Sill plays oh, guitar yeah, in Springsteen. Oh, he did. Uh, some of my favorite records. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, I my friend. It. And now it's time. All right. For the, so for the award, Emmy award winning. He's going to win all the awards. Oh, uh, I'm going to give a preface. Um, we don't do honorable mentions. Like, that's not the point. I'm not trying to do another one. I was just going to say that, keep in mind as you're listening to this, my original idea for my reality show was Finding Jimmy King. And it was going to be like a hunt for what happened to the guys who went to find <laughs> King, which would have evolved into what happened to the guys who went to find the guys who found Jimmy uh, King. And then what's happened to Jimmy King? Please tell me it ends, though, with an Oliver Platt like special guest appearance it didn't get very well it was going to be in universe it was going to take place like as if ready to rumble was a true story and it was like uh you know where is jimmy where jimmy king go where did those two guys that found him go you know maybe they're going to be living in like a sex compound in utah or something oh. but 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 just keep that in mind as you look, i didn't mind but the jimmy king thing didn't go far maybe it's, the, it's it's the uh it's the netflix reality series like the next one i love it now mine is a Max original, so okay. keep in mind. Keep in mind, even if you don't think it's funny, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be funny. But this is supposed to be the most serious show you've ever seen in your life. Okay. Like taken so seriously, like wire serious. It's called Torn. After being incarcerated for 34 years, former professional wrestling champion Terry Rip Thomas. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, reprising his iconic role, (laughs) finds himself released from prison. Rip, as he's known to the general public, has been serving time after being convicted of murder in the first degree and involuntary manslaughter. Mm. Rip's fall from grace was hard, not only due to the nature of his crimes, but also because they were both committed during a widely viewed and highly promoted professional wrestling match. At the time, not only was Rip the largest star of his kind, but viewed as a pillar of his community for his public outreach and community service. Rip may be free, but he finds himself imprisoned by re-entering a world he no longer recognizes. Not only does he lack any understanding of how the modern world functions, he's constantly recognized and outcast by the generation that once worshipped him as a real-life superhero. After learning that his brother Randy has passed during his imprisonment, Rip decides life is no longer worth it. And as he's about to pull the trigger with a gun in his mouth, there's a knock on his door. A 34-year-old man arrives at this halfway house. And this man is the son that Rip never knew he had, portrayed by John Cena. Mm. 
Born while Rip was in jail from a tryst that Rip once had with his former PR agent, Samantha. Special guest star, Joan Severance. <laughs> and uh, the season one hook would be, after coming to terms with his present, Rip seeks to clear his name by digging up evidence from the past, but draws the ire of the current head of the World Television Network, series mm. regular Eric Bischoff, who is desperate to hide the fact that when he was interning at the World Television Network, he falsely testified against Rip in his trial. Oh. Okay. So, yes, it is a hyper-serious sequel to No Holds Barred. And the Emmy goes to Johnny C for <laughs> Torn. <laughs> but it's like, uh, I, I love the idea that it's also... Hulk Hogan's like actual kind of life story. Yeah. In, in ways like, and I, look, I don't think he'd do a good job, but I think that he it's it's like a kind of a dig in his life, but it's kind of not like I don't know. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, clearly not very funny. Uh, but I thought it would be. I also thought it was a type of bullshit that HBO would try to actually do. It doesn't have to be funny though. I mean, the only reason that. Any of the stuff I do is funny is or any of the stuff that we either of us doing is funny is because it's so wacky. It's because we're yeah. dealing with we're dealing with wacky people to begin with. So, now, I yeah, mean, they they have I love us it. to live this way. Keith. Yeah, they really I have. love it. It's, I love it's, it. It's their fault. It is their fault. It's, oh. all their, it's all their damn faults. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, ended us on a downer there. I mean, it, but I also love the idea of. uh someone pitching a no holds barred sequel and someone taking it seriously and then it actually getting to this point yeah that's what's i think i like that most of all is that you have it's a serious i it's always good to take a serious pitch from such a redonkulous premise you know sure and that's great i love it uh and i even looked up like uh, apparently the way he killed zeus according to the definition of murder in the first degree what he did to Zeus would technically constitute as that because he was performing a sports entertainment exhibition and he willfully acted in a ne criminally negligent way. There you go. Um, and so I love not, the idea. It's not manslaughter. It's actual murder in the first. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's it's now I, that might have been the nerdiest thing I've ever admitted in a public forum, by the way. That's all right. But I was like, what if somebody really wanted to do this with the Rip character? Sure. Why not? The Rip, the Rip character? Isn't that something he actually says in Noel's Bard? Well, the Rip character says you should get a fucking job or something. Doesn't he say that? Tell the Rip character. Like, <laughs> that might be the fucking most, like, <clears throat> realistic thing that Hulk Hogan has ever said on celluloid. The most meta thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. The Rip character. He's a character playing a character who's a character jesus christ it's like inception and on the bottom level of hogan's Ooh. dream he's, he's dropping a leg and brother like super third <laughs> level of a dream slow motion if while uh, you're asleep you see hogan drop a leg you know that it's a dream <laughs> that's right oh man so that is the return of the multiverse of fabulousness episode yeah. 22 uh fabulousness um keith that was fun i enjoyed that quite a bit As did um, I, yeah we're going to, uh, we don't know what we're going to be bringing you next month, but I'm sure it will be uh, vastly entertaining. Keith, anything fun happened to you recently? Anything you know, stupid you want to talk about? 
Um, I mean, literally well, anything. Well, no, I mean, I think, um, yeah, no, I, I told you recently that I, uh, I got to meet Jake the Snake Roberts. He came to right. our local uh, watering hole, Kowloon, and he did a, uh, he did like a one man show, and um, it was really, he was really good. I mean, he, he still, he's got a belly now, but he still looks good. I shook his hand. I told him I was, it was an honor to meet him. Um, yeah, it was great. And, um, he told a lot of funny stories about, and stories that like I had never heard before, you know, like he was sharing stories about being a rookie and when he got hazed kind of as in a fun, funny way as a rookie and stuff. And just, you know, traveling, like he told a Rick Rude story, he told a, uh, Jimmy Jam Govin story. So he told a story about Terry, Terry Funk. I'll tell you this. I don't know if there's another person that does a better Terry Funk impression than Jake Roberts. Cause he, he had the Terry Funk voice down pat. He said, Oh, Jake, I don't know, Jake. It was so good. So well, yeah. The visual helps too. Cause I mean, they don't look alike, but there is, a, yeah. you know, it was great. Like a- it was, it was really good. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, I mean, I just I just came out with my own first episode of my own podcast, a la carte with Keithy on the uh, North South Connection. So that was like kind of a big deal for me. And, uh, you know, so far, I think it's been a good success. I don't I don't poke the bear. I don't ask for the numbers because, you know, I'm out there. I'm out there for an audience of one. And that's whoever the hell is listening to me. So as long as as long as I'm out there to make people laugh and entertain, that's what I'm there for. So, well, I would definitely recommend it. I like the nature of I, I don't want to call it sketch comedy because it's not. But the it, it's not it, that that's really it. But yeah, it's there. It's segmented Seg- conversations. It's segment, comedy. segmented yeah. conversations. Yeah. And, and it's and it's it was definitely it was it was perfectly stated it's it's a personality driven podcast where it's really as i put it it's a conversation between me and a friend with whatever wacky shit comes into my head so um and that's can be as i'm as you're well aware it can we we could have that go on for days and days and days so yeah and then um you know always catch me on gfa live with pd and uh yeah, multiverse of fabulousness. I can't hear anybody say the word Petey without thinking of American Pie 2. Oh, do it for Petey, man. My name is Petey. It's just like saying, my name is Peter. Like, it's just such a name to say with that inflection. Peter. The, ru- the rusty trombone. Yeah. Yes. Um. Did you, uh, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I did. Okay, well. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh my God, two thumbs, two very enthusiastically thumbs up. Yeah. I Let me ask it, you this: Did you cry? Uh, I did. I actually, well, look, it's funny you should mention this. Uh, I didn't. I did not bring up to plug this, but I'm saying if you would like to listen to an entire conversation, like I literally did not set this up. I feel embarrassed, but uh, I just did a show, uh, an episode of Junkman, my bad movie podcast. Uh, we did an emergency broadcast where we broke our own rule. You know, uh, it doesn't always have to be a bad movie mm. uh, because I did one on Quantum Mania. I felt like I owed the MCU an honest, open conversation about Guardians 3. So I had one with myself and uh, I told the story of when I did cry in the film and I specifically cited why mm-hmm. I had a pet rabbit that died in front of me. Ah, uh. Uh, not like as an adult, like uh, I was driving her to a hospital and she her heart like. I think her heart exploded. Like she had a massive heart attack. Wow. And she like, like I'm not 
you know, but she got and, and the floor character uh, uh, reminded me of that rabbit. Mm-hmm. So and I don't like animal cruelty. No. And that was the one thing that um, and I, was I guess told, should we say light spoilers. I feel like I just gave a light. Spoiler well, it's, ve- it's very light spoiler, but it's not. I apologize. I, well, no, because I think everybody if anybody's going to see the movie, they probably know somewhat the premise of of rocket and how i mean right. it's not like the trailers didn't really show that kind of thing um yeah they showed it was going to be rocket story so and yeah. there are other animals in it you get it but i mean it's yeah I, I it's one of those things where whenever i see like whenever i see any form of animal cruelty in a movie i always go like was that necessary like did i need to see that did it really mm-hmm. advance the did it really advance the story? This might be the first movie that it does really advance. Right, the story. it does advance the story quite a bit. So I guess you have to see it in this, but um, yeah, I can't. Animals and children, I can't stand when I see animals and children, you know, getting getting abused of any kind. And uh, and I and a lot of times when I when I see stuff like that, I I look again at the uh, the creator or the director or the writer, and I just go, why, why, man? Like we didn't need to see that. That wasn't necessary. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't full on cry, but I welled up and I definitely felt a few droplets coming down. Um, and it was at, um, I'll just say this. It was the, uh, I called it the Harry Potter scene, the Harry Potter seven or eight, the King's, the King's cross station. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, that, you know, that can still get me. It's the, it's the music they play though. Music does it for me. Yeah. But it was that scene in guardians three. And I was like, Oh, and I just, and I, and it, and it has to, it has a lot to do with, um, cause of course it's all about loss and you know, every, I think most people have had loss that they can. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you want to play a game real quick? <laughs> Is this war games all of a sudden? Do you, <laughs> Would you like to play a like game? like to play a game <laughs> uh i just did a show on the new tnn which is what i was talking about earlier called cut yeah. man i did a mm. 2023 summer movie preview okay. uh just sort of for the the big movies that are coming out this summer mm-hmm. see it in theaters are we are we back are we still around we, yeah we are i think what did you just say my the, the i you know the gimmick was would you would you rather go see it in the like Oh, okay. Like if you're gonna rank it, yeah, yeah. The scale was see it in theaters, mm-hmm. uh, rent it when it becomes immediately available theater to streaming, or would you just cut it out of your life completely and not even give a shit about it? All right. Uh, I'll just, and you don't have to give me an explanation. I'll just do a fast X. Oh, cut it out of my life. I have no interest in any of those movies. Okay, okay. Uh, the Flash. I'll wait for it to be available on HBO. Ooh, I was see the Flash was my one. Like if I could only pick one, let's see it. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, I'll be there opening night. All right, so will I? Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Um, I'll wait for it to come out on streaming. Yeah, I'm on the fence about it too because I want to see it, but it seems like an awfully long commitment. I am excited though that it's a sequel to Bumblebee, and not the other movies. So I like that idea because I loved Bumblebee. So, but when I recorded the show, I said I would go see it in theaters the day it opens. Like, that was my ranking. And then, literally the same day I released the show, I saw a clip, and I immediately wanted to change my ranking. A 45-second clip. Yes. Uh, The Pete Davidson Transformer saw the Gorilla Transformer, and he called him Donkey Kong. Mm. And then another animal jumped on him, and he said, ah, stranger danger. 
Hmm. Yeah, I think the world's getting a little too saturated with Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last two, Oppenheimer. I think I'm going to see that in the theater. I'm going to. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support the uh, Christopher Nolan experience. Yeah. I'm taking my son to see it. He really wants to see it. Yeah. I can't wait. I think it's great. Uh, and Barbie. Ah. Uh, you know. I probably will see it streaming, but there is a possibility I go to the movies because it does yeah. look like a lot of fun. Right. But I don't I'm really not... have any I don't have any women like in my life that like, you know, like I don't have any female cousins that I would go with. You know what I mean? Like it would be I'd have to go by myself. <laughs> hey, I'm in the same boat, man. My caveat was uh, I, I kind of want to see it in theaters, but I would feel a little like. I don't know. How's that going to play? What are the optics on one for Barbie, please? Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, and it's not a masculine thing. It's a this we should keep an eye on this guy thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, but I it, yeah, you know what? I could probably ask Mike. You know, what's funny. I could go with one of my friends, and he would. You know, that's a movie right up his alley. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And uh, he probably he'd probably go with it with me. Go with it. Well, it seems it seems kind of cleverly intelligent. Sure. You know, which my, is why I'll definitely watch it if it's streaming. Right. Like said, there's I, a possibility I'll go to it. So. The fact that they go to the real world is not the direction I would have wanted it to take. I would have wanted like a whole two hours in like the Barbie world. Because mm. that seems funny because they don't understand what sex is. Now, are you jazzed up about Ahsoka? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I've gotten my son has gotten into Star Wars, so I've recently rewatched a lot of them. And um, it's so funny hearing his interpretation of these things. He's after he finished The New Hope, he's like, Dad. You know, like, A New Hope was okay. And, like, but the thing, here's the thing. My son has good taste. Mm. I get it, though. I mean, think about how hard it must be to watch it. Because he, he, wa he watched them in chronological order. One, two, three, four, five. And I think he's on six now. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost regret telling him to watch them that way. But I always thought that if I could have, I would have preferred it that way. Yeah. But he's like, the lightsabers look really bad. You can't, yeah, you can't, you can't watch, you can't unsee the, f like, the first lightsaber duel, and then even the second one, although Empire is not as bad, but you can't unsee those after watching the first three movies, you know, like the, I've the never, episode one, two, and three. I've never been more proud of my son in his life. He said, Dad, does Empire Strikes Back do the thing with the lightsabers? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, well... In episode four, every time they had to turn on a lightsaber, they'd cut because they couldn't do it, obviously. <laughs> and I just, I was so proud that he understood the science behind the choice made by the filmmakers, given the constraints of the time. There's actually, I, there's this video going around on like Instagram, TikTok, like all social media where they recut the first lightsaber duel. We watched it. Yeah, and it's pretty awesome. And no, I, mean, I agree. That's... And they, I mean, the 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 Alec Guinness face deepfake is a little dodgy oh, at best, sure. but they do a pretty good job having him have like his hood on the whole time. Yeah, they did yeah. a good job of of uh, I don't want to say mimic because mimic sounds like dirty, but they did a good job of capturing the style of George Lucas directing the prequels and their yeah uh, fight choreography. Yeah, you know. So yeah. and whether or not one thinks that's good, what's bad, or whatever, that's when you're trying to put something into the film, 
that's what you have to do. There's a science behind it. Sure. Is anybody still listening to the wrestling podcast? The science of, of making a fake Star Wars. But I think, science. But I think there is. Yeah. And I think that you'd be surprised how much crossover there is in yeah. the wrestling world and then also in the uh, Star Wars universe. So. Yeah, but I, I am excited for Ahsoka. I tried to w- start watching Rebels, but it just is very much more kitty than the Clone Wars was even. Mm, yeah. Um, but I did watch every Bo-Katan episode of Clone Wars. I'd never seen it before, and I was very pleased. Yeah, no. But you watch Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. So Paz Vizsla has a dad named Pre-Vizsla? Yeah. Pre, as in previous, or Pre-Viz? <laughs> Bam, 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 bam. I mean, what Dave, do you want? Dave Filoni's a little up his own ass sometimes. Yeah, a little, so. sometimes, a little bit. I don't know. I just, uh, <laughs> well, I think that's, I think those are the, those are the main things though. I mean, definitely, uh, you know, listen to Cronoso daily, listen to New yeah. Gen on a Mission, uh, Wrestling War Zone, Wrestling Above Replacement. Um, I'm Jenny Position on every Wednesday. It's a different affair. Yep. Um. Speaking of a different affair, this has nothing to do with Jenny. I was just going to say that my uh, rip No Holds Barred sequel was definitely influenced by the fact that I've been watching Fatal Attraction. Mm. Because in the remake, dude tries to prove he didn't kill Lizzie Kaplan. But that's yeah. that's the hook. Like I'm not spoiling it. That's the hook. You find that in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a re it's a reimagining of Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Um, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, But I do think that uh, all that being said, you should check out everything here on No So. Um, Mm -hmm. If I left out any shows, I apologize. Oh, uh, Ruthlessly Aggressive. Um, You heard about Pluto? Yes, heard about Pluto. Hey, did you watch Picard's? This is North South related. Did you watch? No spoilers. Did you watch Picard season three? I have not yet. Oh, it's on. I know it's on my short list. It is. It's on my short list. Um, Hey. I actually just, you know, what I just started watching is um, on Netflix is um, Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. That I think it just ended at season three. Um, is, it, is it good? It it is. It's it's interesting. It's really dark comedy because it's about like um, his wife dies, and you learn that in the first five minutes too. Sure. So it's not. But his wife dies, and it's about him like trying to get over, you know, being a widow now and stuff. And so it's 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 funny, but it's also like just that really dark twisted comedy so but it's like i it's a half an hour that's why i watch see that's the thing is that i like half hour stuff because i can bang like right through it you know whereas i feel like an hour is a commitment so you know but i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on picard it's it's worth it man it's totally yeah, worth I, it i know it is i know it is i love i love picard i mean i like the uh, ricky gervais uh movie about lying so i might check that show oh out. yeah yeah i mean i thought that was pretty pretty fucking yeah, clever yeah, you know a great movie. that was a great movie so, all right, well, I think all right, we've, my pre- friend. we've properly shielded everything. Uh, yeah. You know, leave us a like, whatever. Sure. Thumbs up if you're here on the YouTube or yeah. if you're just listening. Uh, all that being said, uh, I'm Johnny C. He's Keithy Langston, and a winner is you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>